some of the things that happen to me physiologically are I will shake a little bit, not a lot, but I will, my hands will shake. Um, sometimes I get sweaty palms. That's Natalie. She's talking about what happens when she has to speak in public. I will actually get a rash on my chest and my arms. My brain is in overdrive, so the self-talk is going 100 mile an hour, and my voice shakes. I don't think other people can hear that as much as I can, but my voice definitely shakes, and often I feel it crack when I'm actually talking. Fear of public speaking is called glossophobia. Some studies show that for around a quarter of the population, it's their number one fear, even scarier than death. Like Natalie, people report shaking hands and upset stomach and excess sweating when they're forced to speak in public. But what's causing all these physical reactions? Listen on to find out. Hi, I'm Elise. Welcome to the latest episode of My Amazing Body, where we explore interesting, unknown and misunderstood parts of your body. Today, we're learning all about the adrenal glands. Dr Tom Dover is an endocrinologist who works in Ipswich for Westmorton Hospital and Health Service. He spoke with us about what the adrenal glands are, the important role they play in our health, and how they get involved in Natalie's response to public speaking. Uh, So the adrenal glands live on top of the kidneys. We have two kidneys and two adrenal glands, and they're like hats on the kidneys. They only weigh about four to six grams, but very important. Along with other hormone-producing glands, the adrenal glands are part of the body's endocrine system. We have other glands that are also part of this system. So we have the thyroid, we have the adrenals, uh, testicles and ovaries, amongst other glands. For each of these glands, there is a master gland, monitoring levels of hormones in the body and telling them what to do. Dr Dover says for the adrenals, the pituitary gland in the brain is the boss. So in this particular example, the pituitary talks to the adrenal, tells it to make cortisol, and then those levels are regulated in the body. If the adrenals aren't making enough cortisol, the pituitary or the boss will start raising its voice. When you think about what hormones the adrenals produce, you probably immediately think of adrenaline. But the adrenal glands are responsible for a range of hormones, which all play important roles in your body. They make many, many hormones that control many body functions. This includes they regulate your salt and water balance. They control your cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone. They make some androgens, which are uh, male hormones, and the inner part of the adrenals also make very commonly known hormones like adrenaline. Most of us are very familiar with with adrenaline in that, particularly that fight or flight response, the racing heart, uh, the sweaty and shaky that you get when you're uh, startled or shocked or under stress. Dr Dover says these hormones go on to affect different parts of your body, interacting with other organs and systems. For example, one hormone called aldosterone uh, is made by the adrenal, but it works on the kidney and tells the kidneys to retain or or hang on to salt and water and a number of other hormones that also uh, work there. Interested in how the kidneys and adrenals work to manage your salt and water balance? Tune into episode eight, which is all about the kidneys. 
The human body's fight-or-flight response is driven by the adrenal glands and the hormones they release. If a great big lion suddenly appears out of the grass, your body is primed by the adrenals to either fight it off or run away as fast as you can. Dr Dover explains how this works. When you get shocked, there's an automatic firing of nerves through part of the nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system that all of a sudden, before you even know it, has stimulated the inner part of the adrenal. It squirts out a whole lot of adrenaline and these other hormones. Now, they act very, very quickly and they don't last very long. But from evolutionary terms, if you heard that lion roar, you're going to get out of there as fast as you can. These days, we don't run into threats like lions all that often. But situations like public speaking, which some people like Natalie find really scary, still trigger the fight-or-flight response. Yeah, I think the stresses have probably changed a little bit from the acute I'm-going-to-die stress to that sort of more day-to-day stress. Your boss isn't happy with you, there's problems at home, there's financial problems. So the symptoms people get are very similar. You can get that racing heart, you can get the sweaty hands, you know, you, you don't think straight, you can get shaky... All these things are signs that your body's under stress and that your adrenaline and those other hormones I've mentioned are are slightly elevated. For Natalie, one of the most obvious physical signs of this stress is a red blush that can spread up her arms, her neck and her face when she has to speak in front of others. My chest will break out in a rash, essentially. It looks like a rash. It's not because I'm, I'm told what it actually is, is my capillaries expanding and the blood coming to the surface of my skin but the location of that rash is sort of from my chest like lower middle chest up to the very top of my neck so even if I wear uh, a high neck sort of dress or top it still kind of creeps up the longer I'm up on stage or in front of people Um, and it also comes down the side of my arms sometimes. Natalie's red skin is caused by adrenaline, which makes the capillaries in her skin expand and draw more blood to the surface. Even though logically Natalie knows that she's not in any real danger, her fight-or-flight response is priming her body to either protect herself or flee the stressful situation. I suppose I work myself up more than I really should or need to and something sort of goes on in my brain that I can't control that tells me that there's danger or it's a scary situation when it's actually not. So my logical brain doesn't take over and tell me to sort of calm down. There's something actually happening in my brain that's telling me it's a scary situation and that I should be nervous. It can be anything from, you know, even just introducing yourself in a meeting in a group of people that you haven't really met or engaged with before as, you know, it's going around the table where everybody's just doing that little introduction about themselves. I can actually feel my body having a sort of physiological reaction in the lead-up to it being my turn. Are you ready for this episode's mystery body part? See if you can guess the body part from the clues given. We'll reveal the answer at the end of the episode. If you hit me, it might really hurt because of my numerous nerve-ending receptors. Most people have 10 of me, though it's not abnormal for people to be born with up to 13, which is known as polydactylism. In a set of 10, the two largest carry most of your load, in fact almost twice as much as all the others combined. I provide balance and support when you walk, maintaining contact with the ground 75% of the time. What am I? 
My name's Corey Allen. I'm an inspector with the Queensland Police Service. I'm in charge of operational training services. So basically I'm in charge of all the skills and weapons and tactics and physical training that police do both as recruits and in service when they're sworn members out in the community. Inspector Allen spends his days training Queensland police officers to deal with hormones like adrenaline in their day-to-day work. For police officers, understanding how their body reacts to fight-or-flight situations could be a matter of life or death for them and for the members of the public they're working with. Police's reactions to the things that they see, both psychologically and physically, are extremely important, Um, not only because it can affect that individual's well-being, you know, the police officer themselves and how they might be healthy or unhealthy after something happens, um, but in how the police make decisions about what happens when they're in that state. Before they hit the streets, Inspector Allen puts officers through training to help them understand how hormones, like adrenaline, will affect their body when they're on the job. So we try to expose police in their training, especially in their initial training, to what that feels like and how to deal with it and give them skills and tactics that help get a, a, a better outcome. So, for example, we train recruits on how to use a firearm. So using a firearm itself is it's difficult and it's a complex fine motor skill performed under stress, but it's much more than that when you do it operationally because it's not only just learning how to use a, a piece of equipment, it's learning how to make a decision about that, which is by far the most complex part at a time when your brain's not working in its complex state. It's working in a very primal state. So what we do is we expose them gradually to those types of conditions. We get them adrenalised, um, we get their heart rate and their respiratory rate up, and then we put them in those immersive scenario situations and we coach them through the scenarios to get a better response so that when they confront something out on the street, it won't be the first time, it won't be a shock Inspector Allen says it's important for police officers to understand how hormones like adrenaline will affect their body and their mind when they're working. It does promote certain physical attributes that help police physically do their job better. Um, The downside to that is if you're not used to what's happening, there are other physiological factors that come into play that can make your job more difficult. So a person under stress, when their body produces a lot of adrenaline and all those other wonderful biological chemicals that do good things, also suffer from auditory exclusion where they can't hear what happens as clearly as they would normally hear because they're in stress. They also have tunnel vision, so they can't see uh, their peripheral vision like they used to. And we've since found out that they have something else called flashbulb memory, where they'll remember small pieces of something when they're under stress, but they won't remember everything as perfectly as if they were in a calm state. Managing their fight-or-flight reactions starts from the minute an officer gets the call to attend a situation. While police movies might make high-speed dashes to an emergency situation look thrilling... Inspector Allen explains that he actually trains police not to get too amped up when driving to a job. Instead of driving at speed to get somewhere too fast and putting yourself at risk and being over-adrenalised, you know, we teach police to uh, urgent duty driving and, and driving skills are part of my area, so we teach police to drive in a way that gets them there quickly without being dangerous, without overstimulating them as well. Inspector Allen clearly recalls the effect of adrenaline on his body when attending dangerous situations as a police officer and uses this knowledge to help train new recruits. Just a warning to our listeners, this story from Inspector Allen does include references to domestic violence. If it triggers issues for any of our audience, we've included links to support services in our show notes. 
I remember as a young police officer at mobile patrols, we'd gone to a a very bad domestic disturbance where you know, a woman had been hurt with a knife and she was on the floor rocking backwards and forwards. And when I looked to my left, this fellow who had hurt her had a knife in his hand and, and he looked like he meant business. So I remember things slowing down for me and I remember feeling oddly comfortable that things had slowed down. And even though what happened in a very short period of time didn't take that long, it took a long time for me. I remember thinking, wow, that's really interesting. I've This whole thing has slowed down almost like I'm moving in glue. And, you know, fortunately, the man put the knife down. We took him into custody. And I remember my partner saying how relieved he was that that I reacted well because I was only new in the police. And I remembered straight afterwards, I didn't really recall a lot of what happened. I could see pieces of it, which now I know is that flashbulb memory. But a couple of weeks after when I had to write a statement, had to do those things that um, I could recall greater detail, which is something we know now that, you know, you don't recall much straight after, but your memory kind of fills in the little pieces afterwards. Even if you're not in a job that sees you attending daily emergencies, like a police officer, Dr Dover says it's important to be mindful of stress and the effect it can have on your well-being. So stress and anxiety is associated with high blood pressure and is a risk factor for heart disease, diabetes, amongst other conditions. So it's very important to manage that in, in the long run and, and addressing the individual factors that are causing the stress and anxiety. So simple things people can do Talking therapy, having a good network of of family, friends, a general practitioner, a counsellor is very effective. Exercise is just as effective as that. So incorporating some daily exercise into your routine. Getting sun is very important. It can help reset your sleep-wake cycle if people are having trouble sleeping at night. And we also have medical therapy. So there are some tablets that are anti-anxiety, antidepressant that work very well. But ideally a combination is the best way forward. When it comes to conditions that affect the adrenal glands, Dr Dover says it's hard to overwork the tiny organs, but there are conditions that might change how well they function. Cushing's syndrome causes the adrenal glands to make too much cortisol, which has a range of effects on a person's health. You can have an overactive adrenal. Specifically, the medical condition is called Cushing's. That's where either the adrenal gland has a tumour that's making too much cortisol, Or earlier I mentioned the pituitary gland, so the big boss upstairs, that can develop a tumour that stimulates the adrenal glands. The other ways people um, can make too much cortisol, one, if they're taking prednisone or dexamethasone or tablets containing cortisol, it is difficult to tease out, particularly if they're making too much cortisol in a condition called Cushing syndrome. It is rare, but as a specialist in the field, we, we do see it not uncommonly. If the adrenal glands aren't making enough cortisol, the the symptoms are more profound, so people tend to lose weight and they get very dizzy, lightheaded, they can develop abdominal pain. And depending on what the cause of it is, they can actually become very tanned. And what about if your adrenals stop working altogether or aren't making enough cortisol? Dr Dover says the consequences can be dire. Yeah, no, you actually die without your adrenals. Particularly, there's one hormone called cortisol, and there's a condition called Addison's disease that where the body doesn't make cortisol. And if it's not picked up um, early enough, people die. 
and uh, we manage that commonly in our endocrine clinics. It's a very important hormone for regulating uh, blood pressure uh, amongst other things. And also stress response when we get sick, our cortisol levels go up to help us fight the uh, inflammation and infection. Have you ever heard of adrenal fatigue? It's a popular phrase right now, with internet wellness gurus talking about how it can cause everything from overtiredness to bad skin and sharing methods to treat the problem. We asked Dr Dover, is adrenal fatigue a real thing? So adrenal fatigue is not a medical condition. Unfortunately, it's, it's a totally made-up condition that was uh, first mentioned in 1998 by a chiropractor to try and explain a group of uh, symptoms of tiredness, you know, no energy, poor sleep. Adrenal fatigue is actually a combination of, of terms that don't make sense if you understand the basics. So adrenal fatigue, the way it's explained is that the adrenal glands over a long period are very stressed and making too much cortisol and then after a while they stop making cortisol and thus the adrenal fatigue. Now I have had many referrals for adrenal fatigue uh, we assess the adrenals to see if they're making enough cortisol, and they all are. I also assess them to see if they're making too much cortisol, and they also are making normal amounts of cortisol. So it's normally a, a combination of factors such as people being overweight, a lot of stress in their life, possibly sleep apnea. Um, many, many conditions or lifestyle factors contribute to these symptoms, and, it, and it's not the adrenal. Self-diagnosing things like adrenal fatigue can cause people to miss out on being diagnosed with and receive treatment for serious health conditions. If you're concerned about any changes or symptoms you've noticed in your body, it's important to see a health professional like your GP rather than Dr Google. Even though adrenal fatigue isn't a condition, Dr Dover does have some advice for Queenslanders wanting to look after their adrenal glands and their endocrine system as a whole. Yes, yeah, so help, to help the adrenal gland, because it's part of a, of a slightly more complex system, you know, it talks to the kidney and the brain talks to it, um, and it regulates all these hormones, it really comes down to basics. So getting good sleep is very important. I've mentioned how cortisol drops down overnight if you're getting poor sleep. If you have sleep apnea or conditions impacting on your sleep, and I have a five-month-old girl at the moment, so my cortisol levels are spiking during the night, that's going to impact on how you feel. Watching your weight is very important um, to controlling things like blood pressure, which are regulated uh, by the adrenal glands as well. Diet and salt is very important. So I've mentioned uh, the aldosterone hormone. It regulates salt and water balance. So we want to make sure that we're watching our sodium intake, drinking plenty of water. Exercise is super important in keeping the body healthy, controlling weight, controlling blood pressure and preventing cardiovascular disease. Dr Dover says that Queenslanders should pay attention to all the medications and supplements they're taking and talk to their doctor or pharmacist if they have any questions about how the ingredients could affect their endocrine system. There are some medications which also impact on this. So uh, I've mentioned the prednisone and, and we don't like people being on that for too long. It can cause the adrenal glands to get a bit tired, making cortisol. The inhaled puffers for asthma contain inhaled corticosteroids. So we like people being on the lowest possible dose of that. Opioids, so codeine and morphine related medications, so oxycontin, etc., can also impact on the pituitary gland in the brain, which can impact on the downstream organs like the adrenals. 
Natural therapies, once again, it's one of those misnomers that you call it natural, but sometimes these do contain products. A raw jelly is, uh, does contain some cortisol in a different form and there's some other natural therapies that contain some of these compounds as well so you do have to make sure you read the labels and question exactly what you're on. Whether you get shaky before public speaking or you're in a high stakes job your adrenal glands play a big role in your overall health. Dr Dover is passionate about the endocrine system and how it can affect a person's overall well-being. So the endocrine system is by far the most interesting. So if there's any budding doctors out there, definitely become endocrinologists. Thanks for listening to this episode of My Amazing Body. Before we go, did you guess this episode's mystery body part? Your 10 nerve-filled load bearers are, of course, your toes. Did you guess correctly? My Amazing Body is brought to you by Queensland Health with special thanks to our expert guest, Dr Tom Dover, Inspector Corey Allen and the Queensland Police Service, and Natalie, for agreeing to speak on our podcast, even though it was all about her fear of public speaking. Thank you to my podcast colleagues, Lauren, our researcher, writer and producer, Carol, our audio technician, Helen on sound effects, and Dan, our music guru. Special thanks to the media team at Westmorton Hospital and Health Services.